I'm a bit late this week with the podcast, uh, but I have a couple of interviews today. I'm talking to Carrie Wald. She's here to talk about the American Literature Festival happening right now in Beijing, Shanghai, and virtually over Zoom as well. I also talked to Sun Yao. He is the owner of Camera Stilo, which is a really cool film space in Beijing. Uh, and they're celebrating uh, their sixth year this week. So uh, I went over to Camera Stilo yesterday and recorded the interview there. And it sounds like I recorded the interview in a bar. Um, the audio quality on Yao is, is not great. Uh, obviously my fault. I, I did what I could to fix it. But um, anyway, Carrie Wald came over to my home studio, uh, the friendly, friendly confines of my home studio where I can control the audio a bit better. And uh, here she is. The U.S. Embassy in Beijing launched the American Literature Festival on May 20. It's a combination of virtual and in-person events that celebrate American literature, and it will be running until June 26. To talk about it is the person organizing the festival, Carrie Wald. So we'll get to the events in a bit, but I just wanted to zoom out for a minute. Um, looking through the festival, you have a pretty heavyweight lineup. You had author and Pulitzer Prize winner Viet Tan Nguyen, uh, who wrote The Sympathizer and The Committed. Uh, you had science fiction writer Kevin J. Anderson, uh, Brian Washington, whose book was on a million lists in 2019. Uh, and looking forward, you have Kenneth Cooper. He's a, a Pulitzer Prize winner as well. In the middle of 2021, and doing this from China, what, what goes into organizing a festival like this? Yeah, just to give a little bit additional context, um, I'm a public diplomacy officer. I work in the Office of Public Engagement at the U.S. Embassy here in Beijing. Um, part, well, our job in brief is is essentially to um, create better understanding and connection between the people of China and the United States. And one of the ways that we do this is is through initiatives like the American Literature Festival. Um, you know, what better way to tell America's stories than through its authors and its books. My team, my small team and I, uh, are specifically focused on advancing U.S.-China scholarly exchange. Um, but due to COVID, this is a little bit more complicated. Um, whereas before, it might have been easier to bring U.S. professors to China and have in-person events, um, we found ourselves doing many virtual events, and one of those uh, kinds of events was a book club. So we had U.S. professors and Chinese professors reading the same book, and then we would all meet online, usually on a Saturday morning, to discuss the book. And uh, those conversations were really powerful and inspiring, and it just made it so clear that, that books are a really good way for people to come together and discuss sometimes even even difficult issues and uh, recognize that we're all kind of struggling with the same issues. So we just, we wanted to bring that to a wider audience to go beyond the scholarly community. And then that's how the idea for a whole literature festival uh, came about. So it's all, all over China, right? Like it's, Yes. Yeah. Well, and certainly because virtual events are accessible. That's kind of the beauty of virtual, right? Like it's, it's not, it doesn't replace in person, but it, it often, also helps people, you can meet them where they are, right? Exactly. So I was sort of thinking that with, with COVID, yes, there, there's, there's a lot of limitations, but there's also a lot of opportunities. So you actually can bring in these incredible writers, incredible authors in that maybe in the past, you know, 
a, a trip to China may have sort of been a bit daunting. Right. And then they can just sort of do it at home. The theme of the festival is books as a bridge. Why did that theme resonate with you? Really just for that reason that books are a place to connect, right? And so that that is the overarching theme. And then under that, um, we've got diversity and inclusion. We've got youth outreach. We have people-to-people and cultural exchange. Those are kind of the the themes that echo predominantly through the various events. May was Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month in the United States. June brings us uh, Pride Month, Juneteenth, Children's Day. So we have events um, touching on those themes. Um, We have women authors that we're highlighting. We have uh, many authors who spent a considerable amount of time in China and then how that inspired their writing, kind of that people-to-people connection again. Um, and then we have a lot of science fiction. So, so we're actually three weeks into uh, the festival. So I've missed, I've missed all sorts of events. Can you help me catch up? What did sure. I miss? I may focus more on the ones that you can still watch online on the website. Okay, sure. Um, because then you don't have to regret too much that you missed them. But um, so Viet Thanh Nguyen, um, I think you mentioned him. Uh, he did an interview with us, um, interviewed by his colleague and friend who's a literary critic and that that blew me away so I really encourage you to catch up on the website it's still the recording is still there um you also mentioned Kevin J Anderson uh and that was hosted by our colleagues at the consulate in Shanghai um and I watched that one afterwards I wasn't able to see it in in real time but uh it was really great like he talked a lot too about um the industry the publishing industry and um, there was a charming moment where his cat was trying to get into the room. Um, so we had uh, Professor Chris Leslie uh, tell us about uh, a new history of, of American science fiction and maybe how um, women authors have been omitted from that history. They did play an influential role, role in the development of the genre, but you don't necessarily know about that. So I learned a lot watching that one, and that's still available online. Um, we have several podcasts that are featured online, so you can listen to those any anytime. This is kind of meta. I'm on a podcast talking about podcasts. That's all right, yeah. Um, but there's an interview. I recently read um, To Ping Chun's Land of Big Numbers. That is a great one that really hits on, you know, she met so many inspiring people here in China, had these great encounters, and then she wrote this book that's kind of a compilation in, of sp- stories inspired by those those connections um what else I know yeah and and I actually listened to that podcast and it was great it was really really great yeah oh tomorrow we have a a children's reading corner um so we're we're you know reaching out to younger audience as well and that goes from you know grade school all the way up but this children's reading corner uh will feature a 12 year old international braille reading champion and he'll be reading a couple beloved American children's classics um, to younger kids and, and their parents and some educators will come as well because he will be at the same time introducing us to various kinds of braille technology. Um, so that's I think that's going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. And later this month, uh, Jen Lin Liu yes. is speaking. And I've had the opportunity to go to her restaurant, uh, one of her restaurants, Black Sesame Kitchen, a couple of times. Uh, and we have her book as well here. So what, what can we expect at Jen's event? So this one we're framing primarily as kind of a women's networking, women's empowerment event. Um, I recently finished um, Serve the People, Stir Fried Journey Through China, one of Jen's culinary memoirs. So charming. I I loved it. Um, What came through for me reading it is kind of like the importance of mentors, 
um, what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated industry. Um, and yeah, the, the, the people that helped her along the way and inspired her. Um, and I, I think some of them are still uh, involved or, or in her life. I, I think it would be cool to meet them, to see the people come out of the pages. For sure. And, and, how, and how can people learn more about the festival? Uh, definitely visit the website. So it's AmericanLiteratureFestival.com. Um, there's more information about the festival. There's the full schedule of events. I know I'm going to leave here and kick myself that I didn't tell you about another one that I'm so excited about, but there's so many. Um, and then there's still content. Um, the ones that we were able to record and capture online are still there. There's, you know, even there's um, young adult literature and we've got an educator who was so kind to give us his presentation on how English teachers can use young adult literature to engage their students and improve their English abilities. And that presentation is available online as well. So what's been the response so far? Really positive. Yeah. And I think that's as we would hope, right? Um, because I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but it's it's a discussion, right? The books are they facilitate conversation. And as I said, I think at the end of the day, we're all grappling with the same issues. Um, you know, next week we've got a professor who's going to springboard off Ted Chiang's uh, The Life Cycle of Software Objects, and he's going to try to address the question. He's an expert on AI and ethics, and he's going to try to address the question, what kind of AI do we want? And that's something none of us have the answer to. We're, and talking to each other can only help, right? And we're all kind of grappling with, how do I be a better person? How do we build a better society? And ultimately, how do we build a better world? And we do that together. And I'm, I'm just happy that we can use this initiative to have some of those conversations. I'm all for conversations. I think that's fantastic. Carrie Walt, thank you so much and good luck with the rest of the festival. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. After a short break, a quick interview with Sun Yao. We have had some great guests recently on the Beijing sessions. Alex Shu, Mark Dreyer, Jennifer Lin, Charles Pellegrin, and so many great people are coming through. If you haven't already, consider subscribing to the podcast and rating the show if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a lot. All right, here is Sun Yao. Uh, so Camera Stilo opened its doors six years ago this week. Yep. Uh, it's a bar, it's a meeting place for film lovers, and it's a cinema. Uh, Sun Yao is the owner of Camera Stilo. And that's where we are right now. Yao, welcome to the Beijing Sessions. Thank you. So describe Camera Stilo. Uh, what, what is it to you? In the beginning, we just told people, oh, it's a film space, it's a film house. And we never mentioned, but it's a bar or cafe. But right now, I guess we have to mention it's a, it's a cafe, it's a bar. Otherwise, nobody come to have a drink. So it's a kind of changing for myself you know in the beginning well we just like oh we do art we do film so that's going to be different but actually we're just a bar <laughs> so we have to maintain it as a bar to 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 make money you know um so when you opened 
Camera Stilo. Uh, did you think it would be around for six years? Nah, I don't know. I never thought about like like that. It was I actually didn't thought about it's gonna be like a bar or cafe. I just thought like, oh, that's a place that we're gonna do screening movies. That's it. And uh, we didn't think about any business model. So it's it's a surprise actually. So we can stay here for like six six years. I mean, this location is so. It's it, it is great actually, and just for people who've never been here before, it's like you know re- really right at the edge of a hutong. You know, I have to assume that there are a lot of challenges. So what are what are those challenges? If you think about a good business model, how to promotion it, or if you do good quality stuff, then I guess it won't be a big problem. It doesn't matter where you open it. Uh, but uh, having a hutong is a bit of trouble. Is like you know neighborhood, you know always complaining of noise about everything. You know, that's I guess that's uh, one of the uh, you know like uh, what's so called hutong politics. You know, so uh, it's a little bit difficult for dealing with neighbors. How did you start to become a cinephile? What was your what was your journey? Well, was like uh, I was studying in Australia, so but I was a very you know kind of like homestay boy. You know, like we don't really I don't really going out. So what I can do is play game and watching films. So I watched lots of lots of film back to that couple of years. So I just thought, oh, film something interesting. So I can do it. So I just start checking online, you know, see what kind of film job is available. And uh, of course, I was searching in China. It's, it's, it shows a lot. So I said, oh, that's... And most of them said, oh, no experience needed. So I said, oh, that's great. So um, yeah, so I come back. And I start looking for the job in like film industry, but I just feel like oh, it's actually it's not. The uh, requires a lot of like experience or whatever. So just uh, and um, yeah, I come back and friend introduced me to a famous director, and um, he would say, oh yeah, you now you don't have experience, and uh, you know I suggest you go to a film school to start study a little bit. So okay, so I come to Beijing studying film school, and. Um, so after a year, I was starting doing, uh, shooting some commercials and just and some short films, and just feel like uh, maybe it's not the uh, the kind of thing I'm looking for. What? So I'm just thinking, um, fuck it. So I'll just start business. I also had a couple of job before, but I just feel like ah, uh, you know, get up early, you know, overwork, you know, probably it's not my style. So just have a business. What's the future of Camera Stilo? Uh, future, I can't say. Uh, I don't, I don't, it's not, I can't say. It's, I don't know, because it's still going to be a bar, it's a cafe. But we're trying to um, we're trying to move to Shanghai. So next year, we might be looking for a new venue in Shanghai. And uh, I hope it's going to be uh, a big difference in Shanghai. We're gonna be more professional for screening. We're gonna be more professional, more organized for as a cafe or, or bar. That's my plan. Great, Ben Sanya, thank you so much for joining me on the Beijing Sessions. No problem, thank you. Thanks to Sun Yao and thanks to Carrie Wald. Next week, I'm either going to have an interview with Shannon Bufton of Cirque Bicycles. He designs incredibly beautiful bicycles here in Beijing and and curate some of the most breathtaking cycle tours in Asia, including one at Everest. So um, I'm excited to talk to him about that. I'm also talking to the band The Nocturnes. So watch out for those interviews in the coming weeks. All right, talk soon.